Our text is in Matthew chapter 13. I'll be reading in just a few moments, starting at verse 24. So have your Bibles ready, and I'll prompt us when we get to that part in the message. But I, I wanted to, to start off with a little story about a time that our family went up to the, uh, the boardwalk on Ocean City, Maryland. Some of you may have been up there before, and you've experienced the boardwalk and the arcade and the amusement uh, rides and all of the sights and smells and the delicious food. So friends of ours, um, parents have a condo up there, and they let us use it some years ago. And they said, when you go, be sure and go to Thrasher's French Fries. You do not want to miss Thrasher's French Fries. The line will be long, but we want you to know it will be worth the wait. So we went to Thrasher's, and we got one of the big, large tubs of boardwalk fries, kind of like the biggest tub of buttered popcorn you can get at the movie theater. Probably has a lot more grease in it than the popcorn does, but you get the picture. Uh, when I got up to place my order, I made two observations. One, they only sell french fries, nothing else. If you want a burger, or a hot dog, or an ice cream cone, you're at the wrong place. You can only get french fries at Thrasher's French Fries. So that's observation number one. Observation number two, and they were very clear about it on the little sign near the cash register, no ketchup. No ketchup. Only Heinz vinegar for their boardwalk fries, right? So now they do sell drinks. You can get a, a, a Pepsi and a, and a water there if you want it. Only French fries, no ketchup, just vinegar. I believe they think that the ketchup would just ruin the taste of the boardwalk flies, uh, fries completely. But what I took away from that experience, not only were the fries absolutely delicious, if you ever go, you've got to try them, but they do one thing, and they do it very well. Their focus is doing one thing and doing it very well, and they make no apology about it. In fact, a few years ago, they had a little YouTube video that talked about their process, and they bring in 50,000 pounds of potatoes, Idaho potatoes, a week. And it's probably more now because that was a few years ago. Although the parable in Matthew 13 is not about potatoes, and it's certainly not about boardwalk fries, I would like to offer one application to this parable that Jesus tells, and that is about the principle of doing one thing and one thing very well. Too often, one of the challenges that we face as Christians and also in churches is that we try to be all things to all people. Can I get an amen? Amen? I'm preaching to myself. Often when I preach and write sermons, God is saying, Bob, you need to listen to this yourself. We try to make everyone happy. We try to please everybody. And even Jesus couldn't do that. When we try to please everyone, we end up pleasing who? No one. 
we can become a mile wide and an inch deep if that's our mentality. I think, if I'm honest with myself and with us here at HRBC, it's one of the challenges that we face. How can we truly understand what it is that is the will of God and be about that? Now, it may be more than just one thing. It may be a few things. But how can we focus our energies, our resources, our staff, your time, our time, and do the things that we are called to do as we embark on vision casting over this next church year? We're going to be talking a lot about this. What is our true north? And how are we to follow the leadership and the lordship of the Holy Spirit so that we can focus on the things here at HRBC that we're supposed to do? Thrasher's focus is only on French fries. We might say, what's our French fry? What is our true north? And how are we going to follow the Holy Spirit to carry it out? I would submit that often we spend too much time worrying about the weeds and not enough time worrying about planting wheat. Too much focus on the weeds, not enough on growing a bountiful harvest of wheat. With this seed of thought planted, let's take a moment to read the parable of the wheat and the weeds in Matthew 13, verses 24 through 30. This is in a series of parables that Jesus tells about the kingdom of God, and we understand as he's teaching that he is about halfway into his ministry, he has begun not only to receive persecution from all of the Jewish religious leaders, but also from the people in the communities where he's preaching and teaching. Many people have said they don't want to have a thing to do with Jesus. And so he's now pausing and teaching some parables, and I believe he's saying the kingdom has come, and these are practices that we need to be about in the here and now, not always focusing on the judgment that will come at some day, but what is our ethic today? I believe Jesus is helping the people to hear. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, you didn't, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. And the servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? How often am I like that? Lord, let me get right to it. Let me just go route it out. Let me get the job done. I'm going to be busy about doing this work, about the pulling of the weeds. But verse 29, no, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, and then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. 
The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the world of farming, we can spend all our time focusing on the weeds or we can be about growing wheat. Maybe you've seen a beautiful wheat field before. And if you have, if you look close in its maturity, you can likely see the weeds that are intermingled with the wheat. But getting rid of them is another matter altogether. Jesus' paradoxical, remarkable advice when discussing how to deal with the weeds in the field is to let them be. Like I said a minute ago, I'm the kind of person that wants to get down on my knees and get the weeds out right away. But Jesus' parable, said the, the householder, the landowner says, no, leave them right where they are and they'll be separated at the harvest. In his interpretation or explanation of this parable, which comes a little later, see the When he told the parable, he was speaking to the crowds. And then he and his disciples withdrew and they went to the home where they often met for prayer and teaching. And that's where the disciples asked Jesus to explain what they had just heard. They were somewhat confused as we would have been too. And then Jesus says, the wheat is like the children of God. The weeds are the fake children of God the ones pretending to be the wheat, as though by growing up smack in the middle of the wheat field, they'll be mistaken for wheat. Actually, Jesus says they're the children of the evil one. He makes it very clear that they are sown intentionally out of evil. But the good news is that Jesus describes the field as the world. And if you look at the interpretation in verses 36 through 43, Jesus uh, says that the, the field is the world. It's a wheat field. He doesn't say it's a world of weeds. And that brings me great hope that Jesus sees the opportunity in everyone, sees the opportunity that the world is, has the potential to be a, a, a wheat field, not just a bunch of weeds. It helps me to know that when Jesus looks down at me and my soul, that he says, Bob, I see you first as wheat, not as a weed. I hope that makes sense to us as we read this passage. This is to say that when Jesus sees the world, he looks across not at a field of weeds in the, in where there's a little wheat growing, but Jesus sees the world as a field of wheat where there's some weeds growing. This is encouraging to the Christian, I believe. It's so easy to be discouraged and to believe that evil is all around us, about to overwhelm us. How many of you over the past year and a half have heard somebody said or said it yourself, Jesus, would you just come? There's so much evil. There's so much bad. Jesus, would you just come and take us to be with you? And we won't have to worry about that anymore. Jesus does not look out at the world and see all evil. There is potential in everyone, I believe. 
who hears the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He reminds us more that there are faithful ones, those who are the followers that have committed to him, whose core values are still biblical core values. We can look around the world today and we can still see a whole lot of good in it, right? Sometimes we just have to pause and ask God to help us to see the good in the world that is around us. Instead of always thinking of everybody that we see as some kind of evil imposter. Yes, children of evil do exist. The parable tells us that someone who was evil came and sowed bad seed in the wheat. And that was a practice that was followed in the time of Jesus in agriculture. If you wanted to ruin your neighbor, then you would go out in the middle of the night and plant weeds after they had planted their wheat, and you could destroy their crop and sit back and watch your neighbors struggle financially through that year. This is a reality that happened. And the reality today is that there is evil in the world. And we know that love always wins in the end. But the weeds exist in a field that is predominantly a field of wheat. Make sure that we remember that. So how do we tell the difference? You heard Pastor Aaron talking about that in the children's message. I think the first difference between the wheat and the weeds is that the wheat is, when it's planted, it's always in rows. It's always um, like it was planted. Wheat is planted intentionally. There's a plan. The farmer prepares the fields and cultivates the wheat crop and then looks to the harvest. But weeds, on the other hand, they can be scattered by the wind. The, the seeds can be just scattered. Or birds and animals can come along and eat the weeds and then drop the seeds somewhere else, right? Uh, so think about the, the difference between the, the way that they are grown or happen. Uh, another difference is in with wheat, generally it looks the same, but there are all kinds of different weeds, and we have to, to look to see the, the difference as we look at the gardens around us. The challenge here is that the imposter sowed seed that resembled the wheat, and it was hard to differentiate. And Jesus is saying, Disciples, you need to be focusing on growing a strong wheat crop. Let me handle the separation at the judgment. Disciples, it's not your job to judge others. You focus on growing a strong wheat crop. Be the best that you can be. And let the Lord be the judge of the whole of the soul of the other. That's a message that we can all partake of. Some weeds are like vines. If you've ever seen a wheat field with morning glory in it, that morning glory can just take hold and strangle the weed. Other weeds grow a real deep root system, and it's hard to get out. And if you try to dig it out, like Jesus said, you might damage the plant's and they would not produce fruit like they're supposed to. 
You might say, Pastor Bob, this metaphor breaks down because Christians are not always in rows and they don't always do what they're supposed to do. I mean, I'm the same way. I agree with that. But for the metaphor, the argument runs this way. Today, Christians might look different. They may have different perspectives of theology, worship different. Sometimes getting Christians to agree together is like herding cats, right? But, and I would say generally speaking, generally speaking, Christians have more in common than they do difference. We can find more to agree on and serve together than we can that would separate us. Now, there are some who are so legalistic and, and so unwilling to engage in conversation and cooperation that you, you can't win them over. But generally speaking, most Christians can find some common ground, agree on the essentials, and work together for the good of the community. That aside, some weeds are hard to detect. Some weeds look religious, but their actions range from misguided to despicable. Our response to some of the things that people do in the name of Christianity is often anger and bewilderment. But at the end of the day, what does Jesus ask us to do about the weeds? In this passage, Jesus says, let them go and let God be the judge. Does that mean we're not supposed to do anything about injustice? No. There are other passages that speak boldly to our responsibility in this world. But when it comes to judging others, ultimately, that's God's work. So I pray that God will help me to be the strongest wheat I can be, that he can help us as a church grow the strongest crop of wheat that we can, that the wheat would come up and overshadow the weeds because the strong wheat would provide uh, shade in the rows, that the wheat wouldn't be able to get enough sunlight to thrive, and they would be weak, that we would grow the strongest crop of wheat as possible. So what do we do about it? A first line of defense is to properly prepare the fields, to allow fields to grow fallow, to have time to be uh, enriched, nourished, to allow the farmer to go in and, and till the soil and remove the rocks, and oxygen is um, permeated through the, the soil to prepare it to receive the seed. And then as other scripture says that God would make it grow. That's our job to plant, as you heard Pastor Aaron say in the parable of the sower a couple of weeks ago, and it's God's job to, to make it to grow. I think we have to be careful about using herbicides. Often that can cause damage to the healthy plants. It can get into the water system if we're not careful. So in this way of thinking here, the weeds are rooted out by becoming, by the wheat plants becoming as strong as they can. 
a very natural way of preventing the weeds is to have a strong and thick wheat crop. It will outgrow any weeds. We've said that some weeds are worse than others, right? Right now in my yard, I have this really tough crabgrass. And I didn't plant crabgrass. I planted Kentucky fescue. But I have all this crabgrass, and I'm out there pulling it up, digging it up, and its root system is entrenched in the soil. When you pull it out, it leaves a big hole in the lawn, right? And then there are dandelions that, if you don't do anything about them, they can just take over. And then there's this other weed. It's, it's uh, wiregrass. Does anybody have that? Yeah, I see a few hands going up. Try to get wiregrass out of your lawn. It's impossible. In my old house where we used to live, it would grow under the driveway and come up on the other side of the lawn. I didn't plant that. It, it, it somehow got there, right? And so some of it you can differentiate, but it's very difficult to get it out. And if you try to kill it, you can kill all the good stuff. So I have tried something new. Even though I still have crabgrass in my yard, I've tried to do a really good job in the fall of aerating and overseeding and all of that. And then I cut my lawn on the very highest setting on the lawnmower. And the idea there is that the tall grass, the taller grass, will provide shade to help the, the weeds have less sunlight and less opportunity to grow and mess with my lawn, right? So I, I love this idea of a healthy crop weeding out the weeds. That doesn't mean that we have to get down on our knees and do the hard work every now and then of pulling them up and digging those bad roots out. Right? But that's a wonderful idea, a wonderful metaphor. If we focus on our calling, we focus on the one thing that we're supposed to do, and that is to love people and to make disciples and be the hands and feet of Jesus in this community, and God will take care of that. And God will take care of all the other things that are beyond our control. So I want to leave you with this thought. Be the wheat. That's it. Be the wheat. I don't want to be the weed, right? Be the wheat. Be about the business of being the wheat. Grow where you're planted. I would say grow and not only grow, but bloom where you are planted. And that's HRBC right now. You are here and grow and bloom where you are planted. Do the hard work of congregational ministry, reaching our community, visioning for the future that will enable us to be the strongest, healthiest church we can be. Bloom where you are planted people of God. Second, grow tall and strong and crowd out the weeds. Say, I'm not making any room for the weeds because I'm going to be a strong, tall wheat plant. Third, let our influence shade out or deprive the weeds of sunlight 
and water that they need to survive. That we will be so loving and so much dialed into the will of God that the weeds won't have a chance to disrupt what God is doing in this place. Fourth, don't be a stalk of wheat by yourself. Grow with others in a community of wheat. Wheat is not intended to be planted in one little section, one plant out in the field, and that's it. Wheat is planted in fields, and the wheat plants lean on each other, and together they grow and produce a wonderful harvest. We cannot be a stalk of wheat in isolation. We are designed for relationship. We are designed to be part of the family of God. And then last, no stalk of wheat worries about a weed nearby. The farmer is going to take care of that. If I am constantly worried about the weeds, then I am not focusing on being wheat. So, Lord, help me, help us focus on being wheat and trust you, Lord, will take care of the weeds. Be wheat. God has a plan. Help us, God, to trust your plan. That judgment does come in the end. The Bible talks about that there will be a time of judgment. But Jesus is focusing on our ethic in the here and now. He was teaching that to the disciples, and I believe that that's a way that we're to understand it. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He will come again. But as we exist as his people, may we focus on being the strongest wheat plants we can be and leave the judgment to the Lord. The best defense against the weeds is to be the strongest, healthiest wheat plants we can be and leave everything else to God.